Yeah, just like that, we are back. September 7th. Um, the fantasy season is here. It's in two days. It's kickoff. Tampa and Dallas. It's going to be a good game, obviously, but um, leading up to our season and fantasy, there were big shakeups. And obviously, the big one that will come to mind is the Dobbins injury. Um, sorry, BG, don't mean to bring that in just like right off the hop, but I think at the same time, um, there was like the Gibson and Hunt trade for Camara. That's a big trade that shakes up the league, obviously, right off the hop. But I also think that Brody had his hands tied, and I really think that, you know, Antonio Brown and Camara for Kareem Hunt and Antonio Gibson is actually a really fair deal. And I think, like, you can't even really go bad with what you're getting back down there. And I think that he was um, in negotiations with others, and there was just, you know, that was his best trade that he had on the table. And you eventually will have to pull the trigger on it unless you really want Kenny Gainwell as your third running back, which you don't. So, yeah, but that's obviously a big deal that, you know kind of shook things up there hasn't been another deal yet you know the piss cast are staying put like all these other teams are staying put it looks like there's going to be people just riding with their teams into week one but uh we're going to follow the same schedule from last year we're going to start with my predictions each week then we're going to go to power rankings and after that we're going to go and do well shit and i'm hoping along the way i'll be able to have some people on the show for interviews Uh, not interviews but you know just talking some shit and whatnot but We'll see if I can get that going. I'm a little slow. But, yeah, without further ado, we're going to get into my predictions for this week. So, yeah. So, we might as well just get right into it because it's not really easy to pick fucking games early on in the season when everyone's team is still kind of neck and neck. Not really one who likes to believe in projections that much. But um, I am going to run through this. uh, And we're just going to see how it goes. I'm actually not really sure about my record last year on this shit. This year I'm going to go through every fucking week. And we're going to make sure we stay on top of that. But uh, I do say that every year, don't I? But no, for real this year. Even if it all falls apart for us, as hard as it will be. Um... But honestly, I think other than that, it's really just going with my gut for a lot of these. So don't take it to heart. But another season of predictions. So here we go. Week one, I play Ben. And we got me versus Ben. So, I mean, I honestly have a pretty good history of losing in week one. And Ben honestly usually comes out on top on week one. Um, I think our teams are pretty similar, pretty close. There are matchups, I think, on both sides that are kind of iffy. And there's both some that could, you know proved to be the difference maker so i think it's just really going to be important to watch like little things like if curtis samuel plays or if he doesn't like that could be something that throws him off and but whatnot i'm still going to give it to ben i think he you know he likes to open the season strong and you know i'm not going to get on my high horse too early so i'm leaving it at that the next game we have brody versus moose and i mean it honestly of course will be a close game i think um that Jimmy's projection even could be a little low. Like, I know it's under 30, which, you know, maybe is reasonable for him, but at the same time against Detroit, I think he could be better. So, 
Um, it's not really a bad matchup there. I think um, Elijah Moore, honestly, going to have a pretty good debut. I think his projection's pretty low to the point where it's just like, you haven't seen him yet. They don't really know what to expect. It uh, should be an actual good game, but I think I'm going to go with Moose on this one because this is Jamal. Like The big question with Moose is his RB3, and this week it being Jamal Williams is a little bit lucking out for him because maybe even all year with the role Jamal can secure, we'll see. But if there was a week to have Jamal Williams in your lineup, it would be this week with DeAndre Swift working his way back from injury. They did say he's going to play, but we're not sure to what capacity. So I would definitely say Jamal Williams isn't a terrible RB3 this week. Might not even be a terrible RB3 the whole way through the year. We'll see. But I'm going to give that one to Moose. Moving on, we got Furley versus Truns. And we know I'm a big fan of Furley's team, but this is a really close matchup. There's a lot of... um, I don't know. There's just a lot of matchups, I think, both ways that are, like, interesting. I don't really understand um, if it's going to happen to the extent that I think it is. I don't think so. I wouldn't understand if it did. But it could. And my gut's telling me that Pat Mahomes is not going to pop off this week against Cleveland. I think it's going to be actually a pretty gritty, like, game. Um, Definitely will be big plays. I really don't think Mahomes is going to be the difference maker. I think in a lot of games where Furley will win, it's not that his team is bad, but it's like Mahomes will will definitely be the deciding factor in a lot of these games. And if he can just keep up with, not even just projections, but if he can just explode some games. And I just don't think that'll be this game. And I think Trends' team is too, you know, it's too balanced. It's, and, it, and I think he actually has a pretty good, like, lineup head-to-head at every position with Furley. So I'm going to give this one to Trends just because I don't think Mahomes is going to pop off. And I think you're going to see a lot more of Daryl Henderson as we're seeing Michelle is still, like, learning the playbook and everything. So, should like, Michelle is probably going to play and will, but I think that that probably bodes well for Henderson, at least for now. And, yeah, I mean, I like both matchups. Like, I love Judy against the Giants. Um, I think McLaurin against the Chargers is really good. I like Mark Andrews at Las Vegas. I like Hawkinson against San Fran. Like, the tight ends actually have decent matchups. But as for... Um, the flexes, I think that's where Furley t- kind of takes the lean for me. I like Jarvis Landry could maybe get some work if KC gets out to a lead. Um, Deontay Johnson, you know, he's also another guy who could be a target monster in a high scoring game against Buffalo. Uh, we know I don't like Deontay, but that is the truth. And at post, I think Debo and Devontae Parker are good, but it's just, I think I would lean the other guys. It's It's really close, but I mean... Just, I think, because of the fact I'm not huge on Mahomes this week, and I really do think Henderson's going to get more touches than unusual, I'm going to give it to Trends this week, and we'll see how that one goes. Could be a tough shitter, though. I never know. Now we have the third cousin battle, Rich versus Clark. And honestly, Clark, I wasn't sure about the whole Dak thing, but if he's 100%, I apologize for putting you so low on the quarterback rankings last week. You would definitely have been way higher. I was just unsure about Dak. I got to get that out there. Anyways, um, this actually matchup is not that, like, it is loaded in terms of they both have, like, a QB1 who can just pop off in terms of Kyler and Dak. And then I think where I'm honestly going to be leaning rich is just the fact that I'm a little, like, like, iffy about Russell Gage right now. And I'm a little iffy about Leonard Fournette. Those are a couple guys I'm like... Eh. Whereas I think actually AJ Dillon could get goal line work like close to Fournette. But I think that in terms of the other flex, I just like 
Marquez Calloway and Jacoby Myers both then opposed to Russell Gage. Rugs I do like, though. I think Rugs can actually be good. Um, this one's actually going to be pretty close, to be honest. I'm trying to look at the benches if they have any other options they could maybe plug in. But I don't really see any right now. So I think I'm going to give this one to Rich. I think that, honestly, I do really think the big difference is going to be whether or not Russell Gage could prove he's actually worthy of being on the lineup this year. Um, I'm really iffy about Russell Gage for some reason. And I think Leonard Fournette, despite him having a same similar role to AJ Dillon, I just think there's just too many there's just too many guys there. There's Rojo, there's Fournette, and then now there's Geo. And we're already in a pass heavy offense in which there's so many targets passing the ball. And then I think you look at AJ Dillon's situation, he's the clear RB two, and there's less receiving targets. Um I don't know. That's just kinda like my outlook for both of them. They have similar roles, but I definitely think Dillon's the one who's way higher ceiling. And yeah, I mean, you know Fournette's playing Dallas. It's a weak defense. Dylan's playing New Orleans. They're pretty strong. But, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a close game, but I'm still giving it to Rich. I think just my, the flexes are uh, they're just swaying me a little bit one way. Now we have Neller versus Legro. And honestly, I think both these teams are, like, they match up decently. But I do think that, honestly... It doesn't really make sense to me how Zach Moss is projected less than Devin Singletary. Like, I can see them both on each other's team. But, I don't know. I think that's a little <clears throat> harsh on Neller there. But, honestly, it's going to be a good game looking at both both lineups. I think um, Clyde's a little banged up, so you really want to pay attention to that. And, honestly, you're looking at Legro's lineup. It depends, really, what are we going to see out of Odell in his first action back. That's kind of iffy. And Sony Michelle still potentially getting less touches because of learning the playbook and whatnot. Um, and I really do think that Ronald Jones could be a good play this week just because I think he's the most talented back there in Tampa. But I don't know if we're going to be in the midst of a shootout or if we're going to be Tampa getting out to a huge lead and them having to milk. I just have no clue how that game's going to go. So I think a game script is going to be huge for Ronald Jones on all these games. And... I don't know. I think both these teams are solid, but you know what? I'm actually going to just give it to Neller because I'm a little unsure about like guys like Jalen Rager, Odell Beckham right now. And I did say I'm not sure if like Mahomes is going to really pop off against the Browns. And I do think that won't bode well for Tyreek and Kelsey, even though, you know, they are money in the bank pretty much. I don't know if they're going to just go explode and be able to lock you up a win. So we'll see. But I'm going to give it to Neller. I know shit on Neller's team a bit, but he's getting the dub this week, I'm thinking. And then last, we have the Dogfuckers and Delvin Kamara. Um, I really just think that it's scary to hear the Saquon Barkley news. Yes, he's going to be suiting up, which is awesome. And yes, he's going to be playing. But you never want to hear the fact that he's never going to be getting like the same workload as he wants. Like all these little like, things you're hearing. And it's just kind of like, oh, I love Saquon. Like that's so unfair. But... Um, week one especially, I don't think you're going to see him against a Denver defense just get thrown into the fucking fire. It's a little scary. And I think that there's honestly just really good matchups like Dalvin Cook against Cincinnati. You have Nuke against Tennessee. Like, those, and you have Antonio Brown against Dallas. So those are a bunch of, like, matchups right off the top that I can see that are going to... And you have Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. That's actually fun to watch in terms of the quarterback battle they have going on. But... 
I think that Nax's uh, upside and his just um, big playability on this team right now with Saquon being limited for Sandy, I think that just gives Nax a huge advantage right now. And I think he's definitely, in my opinion, still the top team in the league right now on paper. So I got to give it to him. And that's about it for the prediction. So we're going to have to go into what. Huh, that was an absolute birder. I am not doing well shit. We're doing power rankings first. I got it mixed up because I am baked. Anyway, we're going to get started right at number 12. And um, unfortunately, because of the Dobbins injury, yes, he made the trade to bounce back. But I still think it's just, it's a blow. And while I do, don't think his team got that much worse, I think it's just, it's not an ideal situation to start your season. Um, and there's still a lot of upside he's banking on, especially with Eli Moore sliding in the lineup now for AB. So... Um, I'm going to put BG at number 12 for now. And uh, at number 11, Rich bumps up a spot from the draft last week, uh, mainly because of the Dobbins stuff. But at the same time, I think um, it's looking okay for him in terms of like his flexes. I were a little unsure at the, at the beginning. Uh, I think with Jameis winning the job, Callaway is a safe bet. And it does look like Mac Jones having the job is going to be way better for Jacoby Myers. So I think that those are two things that kind of helped him a little bit. But, you know, you got to leave him at 11 for now, I guess, and see where he goes after the first couple of games. At number 10, I'm putting Leg, and that's mainly because of the running backs. And I know, Legro turned into me. He turned into Joey this morning, and I woke up to just paragraphs on paragraphs, and I literally... I felt the same way that you guys do when you're reading the things that I, you know, post in there, but he was defending his running backs, and it's something you love to see, a guy going to war for his players. And... um. I do agree with him in some extent, but at the same time, I think just compare, comparing to the other running backs in the league, you have to understand why people see your running backs as lower. Uh, I think that, as I said about Rojo, he's going to be something to watch with game script, and Sony Michelle's still kind of learning the playbook a bit, so I'm going to actually think that it could pan out, but for now, I'm going to keep leg at number 10. And number 9, we have Clark. I think that's the same place as he was last week. I'm not really sure about that, but... Not really much changed there. I think he'll be on the look to maybe add a third QB eventually. But other than that, his team looks solid. It's all really close after this point. With You have Sandy at 8. Sandy didn't really do much to change his team at all either. But at the same time, he at least you know did what he had to do to actually make actual smart moves in the draft. You know, he went out and he actually didn't really... You're throwing me off, man. You're going to come in here and stare at me? Mom, I'm making a podcast. You open the door and you stare at me like I'm not supposed... I'm trying to figure out what the hell are you saying and who are you talking to? Oh my God, two weeks in a row. You've ruined it. You've just ruined it. Christ, where was I? I was probably sounded retarded because she was just staring at me and I was trying to keep going and it just didn't work at all. But where we was at is I said that Adam is... I had them in eight, actually. And I think that... My reasoning for that was really because I got a little nervous about the Saquon things. And while he still is deserving of a playoff spot, I think, right now, I like his team still. Um, I just think that what happens with Saquon is going to be really important to watch this season. Especially for, like, not just him, but I think, like, whoever has Devontae Booker. I'm pretty sure, was it Trunz, maybe? I don't know. I'm not going to look that up right now, but... Whoever has Devontae Booker, that's something you want to look into. I think he's going to get an increased workload. I, I honestly am really nervous about Saquon. I don't like to hear the fact that 
you know, like he's just working in contact this week and he's against Denver and I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff that's not really going Saquon's way right now. And if that's your best player, it's obviously going to hit you a little bit. So that's that. Number seven, we have Truns. Truns, this team is just honestly like really balanced, like I said. And Henderson's probably going to have a little bit of a role for the time being. So like a slightly larger role than Sony, at least I think. And number six, I bumped down Neller. I swapped Neller and Ben this week after looking more into it. And while I do think Zach Moss is probably the one to own, I just think, honestly, just looking at the teams, I would honestly prefer Ben's team. So that's really my only reasoning with that. So that's Ben at five. We have Moose at four. Moose didn't move. He stayed. Or did he? I don't know. I honestly don't remember last week's power ranking. No, I was four last time. Moose bumped down a bit, completely out of his control. But it's more so just because I... You will see in the next couple. Burley bumped down from two to three. Um, obviously, nothing that's out of... I mean, nothing that like he could have done to change that. It's my opinion. I hate to do it, but I put myself at two just because I think the Gus injury like greatly benefited my team. And um, just having that extra running back, I think, is, is important. And it, it, if all the leagues and all the teams are close, then I tend to lend tend to lend wow i tend to lean towards someone who has a little more running back so that's my reason in there i don't like putting myself at two because i already know by week two i'm gonna have nobody on my fucking team healthy so whatever and of course snack is number one i will not really get into that too much let's not inflate his ego too much right so i'm gonna just do the well shit I have some guys this week that I like. Some guys this week I think are going to be shit. Um, we're going to start off with the most obvious one. I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show. I said show. As if this is like some like top-notch stuff. Earlier in the podcast, I did say I like Judy against the Giants. I'm going to stick with that. Teddy was the quarterback you'd want to win the job if you are a Judy owner. I'm really... I don't even have to go into it. Everyone knows. So, yeah whatever next we have terrace marshall i think um he is going to be stepping into that curtis samuel role in that offense with actually i think sam Darnold could be a, a better you know player than teddy bridgewater in that offense if all holds up terrace marshall has been showing just amazing strides in preseason and i think against a team like the jets in week one he can definitely just come out and show that he could honestly maybe potentially be flex consideration week in and week out just like samuel was last year um i have chase claypool as the last well i think he's going to be in a high scoring game against the bills i think that bodes well for a target like him who can just you know take plays and you know take him to the house um yeah i mean i'm excited for claypool this year especially i think uh Neller fucking knew he had to go reach on him because it's one of my guys too. So I think that um, Claypool would be the receiver I'd want to own the most in Pittsburgh. I know there's some who would lean Deontay. There's some that would lean Juju. I think you can't go wrong with any of the three. But Claypool, for me, I, I just feel the most comfortable with him out of all of them. And I think it's his big playability um, but in terms of volume, maybe Deontay Johnson is the one. But he's close with Juju also. They're, they're all good options there. I like them all, really. I think it's going to be a good like high-scoring game in week one against the Bills. But we'll see. But we're moving on to shit. And I put Sony Michelle as my first shit because, I mean, if the buddy's still learning the playbook, I would not expect him to... I know he's fucking running back, so I don't know anything about learning playbooks, but I'm going to assume you 
probably don't have as much to fucking worry about as uh, maybe other positions. I don't know. But um, I still expect that Sony Michelle uh, is going to have a, a part of the offense in week one, no doubt. But I think it's going to be less than what we're going to see as the season progresses. So throw him there. Second shit, Big Bob Tanyan. I think um, I honestly just waited on tight end for a little bit. Just went with who I fucking liked there. Uh, but he's in for a massive regression this season. I don't think you can possibly see Tanyan having 11 touchdowns again this year. So I think I'm going to learn the hard way in week one that it's, he might be pissed again. But we'll see. And the last shit is Curtis Samuel. Um, this one is pretty much not really for him being shit. But it's just like uh, it wasn't really confident his answer when he was talking about if he was going to play this week. It was like, eh, you know, we'll see or whatnot. And um, I think, like, honestly, in a game against the Chargers where you really don't... I really think that the Chargers get to get out to a lead in this one, even at, no matter how good Washington's defense is. Um, if that happens, you would want Curtis Samuel to play, but he doesn't sound 100% sure like he's going to play. And if he does play, I don't know if he's going to be out there at 100%, and I don't know what his... Like, I don't think his conditioning level, I think that's what they're more worried about right now. I don't know if he's going to be ready to play a full game. So I think that could actually maybe hurt him a little bit and maybe be better for guys like Sims and Diami Brown and Adam Humphreys, but uh, Logan Thomas also. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on the Curtis Samuel situation because his injury was what swayed me away from keeping him and it kept put him on the unable to perform list all through training camp and all preseason and now he might not even be ready for week one. So it's something to keep an eye on. That's going to end the episode. Gave you my well shit, the power rankings and the predictions. I hope I go pretty good on the predictions this year. I think we can honestly prove that we got a little smarter over the summer. I mean, over time, we're definitely getting dumber. But, like, fantasy football-wise, we're hoping we're getting smarter. And the Pisscats, you know, they have a good team to start the year. They're looking to make some damage. And you know what? It could be potentially a year of a knack and myself rivalry. And I would love that. But at the same time, I'm not... Hyping myself up before no season starts. We're happy where we're at. We don't want to change much, but it's still a good team. We still trust the Cats, but we also know the Cats have a fucking amazing history of just shitting the bed. Like, oh, it's beautiful.